3: So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, So they hired someone who killed Steve. Right? Yeah, LSU
1: way. Little... Just gonna put that out there, just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know. Go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament.
3: It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go eight four this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after another fun week of college football. Uh, a great week of college football, Kiernan. It's wonderful. And it's especially wonderful for the citizens of Lawrence, Kansas. Woo! You did it, guys. First time since 2009. Kansas is ranked. They are number 19 in the country. We'll get into the rest of the poll later. But... Kansas and Kansas State are both ranked, but no one gives a shit about Kansas State. They got an ugly-ass purple uniform. Kansas is where it's at. Beating Iowa State 14-11. Finally got them at 5-0 and into the AP poll and into our hearts. But so also, excited. I, I'm fucking pumped. But also, is, is Lance Leopold gone
1: after this year now? Um... I wouldn't say just yet. I, I I think he needs a few more wins, but other than that, yes.
3: If they finish the season out strong, I mean, like, he's yes, gone. Then,
1: yeah, he's gone. He's gone.
3: It's unless he somehow makes the cultural playoffs. If they keep this miracle run going and they make the college football playoffs, I can see him staying. But outside of that, he's he's gone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say it's gonna. It's another Cincinnati because, the you know, group of five for group of five team, you know, power five, that dynamic is kind of uh, not still there. But I just – I don't want it to turn into a, hey, guess who you have to play first round of the college football playoff? Alabama. And I don't want, like – or even Georgia or literally anybody in the top three. I don't want them to be at four and just go, you know, get absolutely – smacked around. I'd rather them sit out at five or six and just be like, you know what? We had the experiment with Cincinnati didn't go so well. So we're just going to kind of cap you at five until the expansion when we drop it to six and then we have to let you in. Yeah, that's true. I I do
3: think if they finish the season top 10 or even top 12 and would in the expanded I can see them giving Lance Leopold a big contract. Oh yeah. And him sticking around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Except it's Kansas and they're a basketball school, so maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go, well, we'd rather put our money into basketball, but who knows? But also, it's weird. These miracle runs that some teams go on, it boosts um, enrollment ridiculously. Like Boston College in 84, Boston College had a great season with Doug Flutie winning the Heisman. They had a jump in enrollment. Uh, Gonzaga Made a run to the final four. I want to say about fifteen years ago. Now I could be wrong. This is a college football, not basketball, podcast. So correct me if I'm wrong. But priorities. They they had to jump in enrollment right after Alabama's enrollment goes up every year because they're just good at college football. So who knows? Maybe Kansas will have the money with their probably overinflated and uh, tuition rates. Remains to be seen. Speaking of miracle runs is George's run over. Is it time to worry about the Bulldogs?
1: I would say yes. I think like I understand going on the road is never easy, but when you are projected to be so good and you've shown that you can be dominant at the very minimum we can bring in last season, I know they lost a lot of guys to the draft and things like that and yada, 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 but I think that to, to, to beat Mizzou who I have kind of conjured up in my head as the laughing stock of the sec, uh, they're West, right? SEC West. Great. They're East. Oh, East. Okay. They should be West. geographically. Okay. No, they should be okay. West. Okay. But that's what I was East. thinking. That's what I was thinking. That's why. So, I know they've they've become the laughingstock of the SEC in general and the East more specifically but I I don't think you can claim that you're the best team in the in the country and narrowly escape. I mean guys that was way too close. I thought the Alabama Arkansas game was close, the Missouri Georgia game was even closer. And the thing was is that Georgia didn't end up beating them by that much whereas alabama does what alabama does best and in the fourth quarter despite the close game runs away with it because they're just that much better so i think uh i think it's time to hit the panic button and for kirby smart to hit the reset button and get his guys in that film room uh you know a few days ago probably i'd probably bring them in on sunday and just go Let's get this shit organized because we cannot put on another performance like that. That was atrocious. Those are my two cents yeah. in the matter, Kevin. What are yours? I mean, I I do
3: think Georgia still has a very good defense. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. However, when Stetson Bennett was playing like a Heisman contender, he was er, to begin the year. I mean, there's no yeah. other way around it. When he was, you kind of overlooked the loss on defense. But now that he's going 24 for 44 for 322 yards and zero touchdowns, those losses are looking a lot worse. Going into last season, Georgia won week one against number three Clemson, 10 to three. Okay, like that's a very close game. Mm -hmm. Here's how the rest of their games went. UAB 56 to seven. South Carolina 40 to 13. Vanderbilt 62 to nothing. Number eight, Arkansas 37 nothing. Number 18, Auburn at number 18, Auburn 34 10. Number 11, Kentucky 30 to 13 versus Florida 34 to seven. Missouri 43 to six. Now it was in Athens, but still at Tennessee 41 to seven. Charleston Southern 56 to seven. At Georgia Tech, 45 nothing, And then they lost the SEC championship. Then we all know what happened after that. We don't need to talk about it more. Uh, But they were blowing teams out convincingly last season. If they had either close, it was still 17 points, but against Kent State, if they had beaten Kent State by 17 points and then gone and dominated Mizzou, no, it's not time to panic. They had one game. Like, yeah, what does it matter? If they had dominated Kent State and then went, Two Mizzou and one by seven, like they did. Uh, or six. Six, I think it was six. Actually. Six, yep. Yeah, six. Six. Uh it, it's one game. Like, yeah, teams are it, If you have really one or two bad games across two seasons, like it's not a big deal. Having both in back-to-back weeks, yes, it's time to hit the panic button if you're Georgia. And uh, their fans are still pissed. Like, oh, Alabama can struggle against Texas, but Georgia struggles against Mizzou and it's and we win by more and it's we're out of the number one. Well, Alabama dropped out of number one when they struggled against Texas. Yeah. Still won. Yeah. They they dropped to number two. Yeah. You can't struggle back to back weeks and expect to stay at number one. It just that's not how college football works. If you want to complain about the poll system, that's fine. But don't complain about dropping in the current stand, current state of the poll system. And also, you mentioned the Alabama game. I do want to bring up two really funny things I saw. Uh, Jim Weber, of course, when Bryce Young gets hurt, they bring in a backup that's built like a brick house and runs like the damn Terminator. <laughs> and I'm looking for the other one because I retweeted it, and I can't find it. Oh, Bryce. Uh, Bama B BC underscore Abrams thirty two. Somebody on Facebook said the Heisman quarterback got hurt, and those motherfuckers bring in Mike Vick. This some bullshit. <laughs> what a comparison! <laughs> Incredible. Oh my god. But I think it raises the question: Does the Bryce Young injury derail Alabama season?
1: Uh, um, I I don't think so I I don't think it's going to get to the point where it's like almost unrecoverable I think while uh Bryce Young is very important to that offense I think that the receiving core and the run game are good enough to compensate for that loss um I don't how long is he out for because he's currently day-to-day uh some people are concerned that it could be
3: longer than that Nick Saban just saying day-to-day Alabama football put it video out today where it was somebody throwing a pass but you just saw the ball in the air going to a receiver you didn't see who
1: threw it makes sense so uh, to be honest i don't think i don't think it's it's anything to worry about just stick to i guess simplicity and just do what you do best you've got a great run game just you know if, if you need to fall back on that you can uh your defense is the the Alabama defense is great as well. Uh, you know, it's it's nothing like Georgia was last year, but it's you know nothing to gawk at either. Uh, maybe that I said that incorrectly, but you know what I you, you know what I'm getting. Yeah, at. you, you uh, can no, rely you on other pieces of the Alabama team, both on both sides of the ball, and not have to worry about Bryce Young.
3: Yeah, I think this won't matter much. It matters. It will hurt the team. It may be a little bit, but it's not going to lead to
1: losses. Uh, yeah, agreed.
3: Like Nick Saban built this dynasty on defense and the run game. Joyless murder ball is what they call it. And I think with Jameer Gibbs, if we didn't have Jameer Gibbs from Georgia tech, I would be more concerned than I am, but I I'm perfectly fine with him. Jason McClellan. I think they're going to be a good one too. Uh, but also, I mean, yeah, Bryce Young got hurt, but these motherfuckers brought in Mike Vick, who's (laughs) built like a brick house and runs like the goddamn Terminator. Uh, I'm not worried whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Who should be worried is SMU. (laughs) Pony Express, the only school in NCAA history to get the death penalty, or college football history, excuse me, uh, is having sophomore wide receiver Roderick Daniels and senior safety Chase Cromartie sit out with the intention to transfer. Uh, And there are new transfer reporter rules that say it opens after the season ends. I would be, ve- if it was one guy, ah, that's fine. Uh, but two guys is, and there are reported there are more, but SMU said, no, it's just these two. I would be very concerned if I'm SMU.
1: Yeah. And- uh, well, but but at the same time, I mean, you can be concerned about it, but at the same time, you also need to realize, like, uh, with the transfer portal and all these rules, these two sophomore wide receivers are not going to make or break your program. Yeah. You might not get the offensive output that you had three weeks ago or, you know, whatever, but I I don't think it's that bad.
3: I think safety chase Cromartie. He's a senior. uh, Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I assume he probably wasn't playing much. I I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of SMU football this year, but a
1: sophomore leaving is concerning. Why? I mean, you can just grab somebody who's equally good from the transfer portal. Okay. Let's say
3: you want a guy from the transfer portal. Okay. If they're good, a lot of teams are going to want them from the transfer portal. Yeah. But that's this is my issue with the transfer portal. And I say issue. I personally don't have an issue with it. But everyone said it's going to, it's going to even the playing field. The players aren't going to get time. At their, these big-time programs, they're going to transfer closer to home. They're going to transfer to smaller teams to play. No, they're fucking not. Joe Burrow, Mac Jones have shown you could have one good— Jameson Williams, you can have one good year, you're a first-round pick. Doesn't matter. They'll draft you. You're going to be on a torn ACL like Jameson Williams, and they will draft you if you had that good a year. It's not going to help these small programs. And then, when a kid transfers, like Tyler Harrell, transfers— from a smaller program like Louisville to a big program like Alabama, it's going to oh, they're tampering. No, we're just a good fucking program. Nick Saban, literally the 30 seconds after this kid hits a portal, Nick Saban could call them and go, hey, you want to come to Alabama? Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, That's it. It's, and it's yeah. every program can do that. If Ohio State called him first, he would probably go to Ohio State. Maybe not because they did have a stacked receiver room at the time, but – Georgia can do this. Uh, USC can do this now. It's the big programs are only going to benefit because all the really good players from these smaller programs are going to go to the
1: big schools. Okay, Kevin, granted, in that situation, yes. But, I mean, how... I don't want to seem like I'm diminishing this guy's accomplishments, but how good is the sophomore wide receiver like you know is he is he just getting is he not getting the playing time is that the issue or is it the is his offensive production not enough is he not getting enough targets or you know what, what that's kind of how i'm seeing this is like he's he wants more playing time and he's not getting it at smu so he is a three-star so Yeah. So like, so that's kind of my point there. It's like, where's he going to go? He's going to go to another SMU sized program, right? He's not going to go to the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. He's going to go if, if, you know, let's say just for sake of argument here, that he does end up uh, Lincoln Riley season and says, actually this guy would fit perfectly into our lineup. Sure. Yeah. That's a one-off exception. And I do understand your point about how it will funnel better players into the better schools, but at the same time, you know, is a three-star really going to make or break your program? Uh, unlikely. Uh, tell that to 2020.
3: Third-place Heisman runner-up, national champion, first-round draft pick, Mac Jones. No. <laughs> Stars don't matter. It, it, it All that matters is once you get on campus. If he goes to a place that can – Show off his skill
1: set, it's not going to matter, okay? Sure, but but like, my point is, why is he wanting to transfer in the first place?
3: Uh, well, because he had two receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown against North Texas, and then they didn't throw to him at Lamar University or when they played Lamar University, didn't throw to him at Maryland, didn't throw to him against TCU.
1: So, what it's I heard not- in that statement is is that he has been thrown to more in his most recent games and he wants to transfer M-
3: my it's concern isn't, isn't as much isn't as much that roderick daniels is going to sit out and transfer my concern is that this is becoming more common derek oh, king did this to- a couple it- years ago at houston but that was really the only time you really saw it happening you saw guys play a couple of games, and then sit out, preserve their red shirt. But it wasn't the player making that decision. It It will it, Going back, once they changed the red shirt rules, it was coaches making that decision, getting four games to look at a guy and then go, ah, we're going to play you more next year. You're not quite ready. And then maybe they'll transfer after that anyway. But it's not necessarily the player making that
0: call at the time.
3: So two guys at SMU could be three guys at TCU next year. It could be five guys at Nebraska two years from now, or it could just be guys across
1: the country start doing this more. So you're claiming a snowball effect. Yes. That's yeah. Okay. I get that. But at the same time, right, if you, if, if you're even if, yeah, I know we're not going to go into the star things, but even if you are an, an all-star receiver and you're just, I mean, you are killing it at say, I don't know, give me a low key pro Penn state's perfect example. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, um, but like, let's say, you know, you decide to enter the portal with six other top wide receivers, right? And you all get brought down to Alabama. Guess what? You're not getting that much playing time either way. Might as well stay where you are and rack up the points there where, you know, where it's easier to do it and your star shines more because you are the sole focus of the team. And I I, I get why people want to transfer, but I just think that I don't think it's going to be as bad of a snowball effect that you think it will end up being.
3: Uh, yeah, I could be wrong. Also, I'd, I'd like to just say I am pro transfer portal. Oh yeah, not so I am not too. because Alabama benefits from. Well, because we don't have situations like we had a couple of years ago, where one kid wanted to transfer because for some reason I think his coach left, and the NCAA was like, "Yeah, that's fine. We'll accept. We'll allow you to transfer. You can play immediately." Another kid's like, "Hey, I want to transfer to be closer at home because my mom has cancer." He's like, "No, yeah, that was so can't allow that.
1: That was so messed up."
3: So look, the more decisions we take away from the NCAA, the better. Uh, yeah, I just actually, I, fine. I'm just
1: concerned about this one thing. Uh, uh, understandable, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as you think. Yeah, that's fine. I could be wrong. But,
3: uh, speaking of not as bad as people think, Paul Christ was fired.
1: <laughs>
3: he is <laughs> I don't not know, as Kevin, bad that's as Wisconsin bad. thinks. <laughs> it's pretty bad. No, in Wisconsin's case, they think he's bad enough to get fired. He has an $11 million reduced buyout. It was $16.4 million. Uh, It's... I don't know. I just i hate this also if anyone's curious 16.4 million dollars is 1 billion rubles
1: <laughs> why well, I don't why? Know. I... why did you feel the need to bring currency into this
3: oh i think i'm just gonna tr- convert any buyout into a different currency every week every time a coach is fired mm.
1: can you after we do all of the currencies that are like you know uh like, like out in circulation. Now can we start going like back in time and do Cistercians from uh like Roman times? Sure. Um let's actually <sighs> Don't look it up. It's so complicated.
3: I'm I'm going to look it up, but I'm going to so this is going to be difficult.
2: Extremely.
3: But actually
1: No, r- r- Use the main currencies first and then we'll worry about that stuff later. I just thought it would be a funny idea. What did Germany use in like the 20s? The Mark, the German Mark, the Weimar right. Mark.
3: This is gonna be, I, I'll do this later, but I'm very curious what this would be. Uh, to the <laughs> German Mark in the 20s. I think <laughs> who wants be to in... be a German millionaire?
1: A German oh. billionaire. <laughs>
3: I don't even know if it's Billionaire. What's after trillion? Trillions?
1: Uh, quintuple-air? Quintuple-air? Quadrillion. Oh, duh. <laughs> Quadrillion,
3: Quintrillion, Sextillion, Septillion, Octillion, Nonillion, and decillion. I-, I think it might be in the Quintrillion range. And I'm, oh, ju- I'm yeah. going to look this up later, and we're just going to randomly tweet it out tomorrow at some yeah. point. Brilliant. But... But oh wait, no, actually I'm wrong because I did the initial 16.4 million, not the 11 million. So we're gonna we're gonna look this up really quick. Great podcasting, I know. I know you care very much what uh, what Paul Chris Bayat would be if he was in Russia. Uh, It is no Jesus, 674 million rubles, give or take
1: very interesting
3: dude dude lost out on 400 million rubles because of his reduced bio sucks but like why did wisconsin feel the need to use i know the season didn't start great i know they're not a great team right now but why
1: i i don't know (laughs) I was hoping, as a big Ted fan, you could have some more insight. But like- uh, no, I literally don't. I know. I, I I genuinely saw that that headline, and I just went. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been that bad. I mean, who are you expecting to get, Scott Frost? Like, what do you care? Arguably, we'll into- arguably, your current coach is better than any on the market. And don't say Urban Meyer, but you know. I, I I don't get it. I, I I have no rationale behind that. I cannot figure it out. We'll
3: we'll get into who they think they're gonna get after this, but Paul Christ at Wisconsin is sixty-seven and twenty-six. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Bo Pelini at Nebraska was sixty six and twenty seven, and they fired him and brought in Scott Frost. Absolutely. So Harbaugh at Michigan is sixty-six and twenty seven. So Paul Christ is has been better at Wisconsin than Harbaugh has at Michigan, and I know they had the college football player experience. Also, I just thought this was funny. Uh, Three teams in the Big Ten that are two and three, and then plus one and four. Northwestern, but Nebraska fired their coach. Wisconsin fired their coach. Michigan State has a ninety five million dollar fully guaranteed contract for their coach.
1: Uh Actually, I'd like to bring that up real quick. After the, uh, I think it was the second loss by Michigan State. They're two and two, right? Yeah, I think so. It was either after the first or second loss. Uh, Props to Tucker because he went out and he said, I am a shit coach. I did a shit job and I'm pissed at it and i'm like you know what way to own up to your mistakes because here's the thing here's the thing i found with that it's like not only did you own up to your mistakes but you also realized that michigan state cannot fire you they do not have the money he, to deal with that he gives zero fucks and i love it also oh, yeah speaking of absurd
3: buyouts uh jimbo fisher's a 97.5 million dollar buyout. And according to Paul Feinbaum, there are reports that the AM boosters are like, we'll just fucking pay it. We don't care to get him out of there if he doesn't turn the season around. Jesus. I that's we're... how bad things have gotten into, in Aggieville.
1: <laughs> yeah, bad. That's but uh, guys, there's... guys, guys, I gotta say, Texas A&M fans, it's week four or five. But guys, chill the fuck Out. I understand the season hasn't gone your way. It is not the end of the world. Alabama will still win the national championship. And if they don't, they'll just win it next year. So let's stop freaking out about these things.
3: Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, I think it's kind of funny. We, well, I predicted they would go eight and four anyway. I think you agreed to me on that. They're already three and two. So they might be worse than eight and four. Uh, But there's a coach. Wisconsin, Nebraska fans, Auburn fans. There's a coach you can go after. Because y'all are some delusional motherfuckers. I saw a Wisco fan say they need to call Nick Saban. He'll probably say no, but they have to. No, you don't. You don't. Don't waste your time. Uh, Georgia Tech fans want Kirby. Kirby Smart. They want Kirby Smart to leave Athens to go to Georgia fucking Tech. Uh, Some other, I think think it might have been A&M fans wanted Lincoln Riley to come be their offensive coordinator.
1: <laughs> Just, I, I, I don't have, I don't have any words. Like, like what are they try? Okay. Wisco fans said they, they got a con. They're going to contact Nick Saban. They want to bring him here. Um, You should be honored that Nick Saban would even pick up the phone for your ad let alone have a conversation with him about going to fucking wisconsin the one of the coldest states barring the rest of those northern fucks in the country and you have got to be kidding me if you think that that nick saban would ever Ever stay step foot in Wisconsin unless he was forced to at gunpoint. That's the only situation I see possible. E- Even then, I don't know if he would. I think he'd be like, kill me, I'd rather die. <laughs> I
3: mean, like, and I'm I'm kind of glad for Wisconsin, the other Wisconsin fans, not the ones that are suggesting this or the one that suggested this that I saw. Because if Nick Saban had like, use the internet, which he doesn't, he doesn't know how email works, Uh I think he would laugh, he would go, I'm not going to fucking Wisconsin, like, no. it's a great program historically, but no, I'm very happy, and I think hearing those words, because you know he, like, try not to laugh, for the first time ever, he would laugh, Uh but I I think those words would probably break Wisconsin fans, oh yeah. For some fucking reason, like, some definitely think it's a possibility. Some are definitely like, well, we were, before he got to Alabama, we were the better program. Yeah, congrats, you were a better program 15 years ago. It's, it's ridiculous. Nick Saban remade Alabama. Yeah, he did. Like, there's no other, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, do you know what time it is now, Kieran? I don't have a segue for this, but... Time for Dog of the Week.
2: This is how we do it for the dogs!
3: Love it. I I just love that sound. All right, Karen, who is your Dog of the Week?
1: My Dog of the Week is... Uh, I really hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, J- Adrian Taylor? J- Adrian Taylor? Uh, the UTEP defensive end who ran... Uh, A fumble recovery 100 yards uh, For a touchdown And it was one of those situations Where you're like, go big man Go, and he was Flying for somebody That that large, I mean I think he's I think I saw Excuse me, Jesus I think he's like uh, 285 or 290 I think I saw somewhere Uh, and And he was Booking it back, and he's like, and that is a total play to the whistle. There was no call. The ball came out right of the goal line, snatched it up, and took off. As my dog of the week, right there, big man getting a touchdown and a hundred yards too. Fucking gassed probably at the end of it. Yeah,
3: for a D end like that he could also oxygen. Yeah, and I don't know how good he is general. I mean, it
1: doesn't matter. Not... Dog of the week. Oh
3: no, um, like at Charlotte, he had a breakout game. Th- Three TFLs, so three sacks. He has four sacks in the year, but that's kind of play that it can bake the difference between like a fourth and a third rounder or an undrafted and a seventh round pick. Yeah. So my dog of the week this week, even though they lost, is Will Mayo and his coffee freak Levis.
1: Oh,
2: gosh. Did
3: you see that picture? Oh, it was awesome. His mangled hand. Dude played the entire game. I got to respect him for it. Dog. And I know he fumbled it late, but dog. No No other way around it. The hand is brutal. It is gruesome. And I hope I never have to see it again. Yeah.
1: It's 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 one of those pictures that you look at and you go, hmm, human bodies or human bones and things don't go in that direction. And it messes with my head so much and I freak out. It's the one yeah. it's it's arguably the one thing that gives me an extreme amount of anxiety is broken bones. Oh, just I, ugh, gross. I have
3: knock on wood. I have never broken a bone. I've just scrambled my brain.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, your
3: brain's just tissue, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Bones yeah. are hard. Those aren't supposed to break. Yeah. I've broken my my wrist before. I've probably broken my thumb or something, actually. I just never went to a doctor for it. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on to our <laughs> week five review. Uh, the dream is dead. I did not go undefeated this week. I'm so mad I gave you a decision last week about if we were going to give us both the win for Tennessee or if we are both getting a loss. I would have gone undefeated on a technicality, but still. But... Kieran and I tied. So we'll run through these games quick. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State at number 16, Baylor. Spread was Baylor minus two and a half with a 56 and a half over under. Kieran had Oklahoma State 35 31. I had Oklahoma State 42 39. Oklahoma State won 36 25. So they covered, overhit. You got the winners. So we both get a win there. Next up, number 10, NC State versus number five, Clemson. Clemson minus six and a half with an over under of 40. Uh, Kieran and I both picked with our hearts here. He had NC State 27 24. I had NC State 21 18. Clemson won 30 to 20. Very sad. Uh, next up, number seven, Kentucky versus or at number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss was minus six and a half with a 40, 54 and a half over under. Uh, Kieran had Ole Miss 34 24. I had Ole Miss 33 21. Ole Miss won 22 to 19. They did not cover, so we were both wrong there, but we got the winner right. And by the skin of my teeth, I had the under on this one, so I got the win there. Next up, Navy at Air Force. Air Force minus 14 with a 37.5 point over under. Kiernan at Air Force 18 to 3. I had Navy 13 to 7. Air Force one thirteen 13 to 10. So Kiernan gets the win there. That's I, bringing the total. Oh,
1: I do appreciate the fact that... Uh, air force and Navy both, uh, they both appreciated our, uh, choice in scores and decided to keep it under 20 points. So thank you. Our, uh, thank you. Academy teams. Well done. Yeah.
3: Beautiful. Uh, so that brings the total, not total, but the scoreboard to 10, nine me. So I still got that one point lead, uh, after an abysmal week one showing, uh, Also, this week, we're adding something new. If there's a big game we don't want to pick necessarily, but we not don't want to, but we want to pick, but it's not important, such as the Red River Shootout, that game will still be picked, but it will not count towards our score totals. We talked about that's kind of a good way to do it. Talk about these games that are big, but not that big, like the only Big 12 matchup that does not have a ranked team in it. So we'll start with that one. Texas at OU, kickoff is at 12, is at the Cotton Bowl. Texas is a minus seven with an over-under of 65. Karen, who do you have?
1: So I've been disappointed in both of their uh, offensive productions this year, and I think that despite the Texas close win, or excuse me, close loss, I should say, uh, at or uh, hosting Alabama, I think uh, because it's, at OU I think they're going to win. Uh I'm going to go with 56 48 OU. Nice high score there for you. No no defense.
3: I am gonna. There's there's some rumblings, Kieran, that Quint Ewers could be making his triumphant return against OU this week. So I'm gonna go 60, uh, 35-24 Texas. Not because there will be a lot of defense, but because the offense will be a little rusty on both sides. All right, fair enough. And these games don't really matter for our standing, so I'm just kind of doing what I want. (laughs) Uh, Next up, number 8, Tennessee at number 25, LSU. Kickoff is at noon. It is at the Real Death Valley in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Tennessee is a minus 2.5 with an over-under of 64. I'm going to rock with, and I fucking hate doing this.
1: Well, I mean, you would hate it regardless of who you picked, Kevin. So, I mean, just...
3: That's true. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tennessee 35
1: to 20. Oh shit. Uh damn, that's actually the score I was going to pick as well. So uh we can have the same score No, no Kevin, it's it's discipline. I'm going to go with uh Tennessee 37 uh LSU 30. Okay. I would
3: love it if this comes down to the over under again and the under hits. Uh please, guys, please score points. Or else you just gonna win. Um next up, number eleven, Utah at number eighteen, Usula. Kickoffs at three thirty at the Rose Bowl. Utah's a minus four and a half with a another sixty-four over under.
1: Kiernan, who do you have? Uh hmm. So this is uh, I wanna say a little bit complicated for me because I'm not I don't follow the Pac-12 that religiously. I don't think either of us really do, uh, but I think given the fact that it's at UCLA, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and go Bruins. Uh, Thirty-four, Utah, twenty-four.
3: All right, I'm. I'm going to go with the Utes. I don't know. I just got a feeling. I just said UTs, Utahs, because I try to say Utes and Utah, or I try to spell it actually. I'm going to go Utah uh, 35 to 31. I'm just hitting the over on that. And also, I have UCLA, UCLA covering. Uh, next up, number 17, TCU at. The ranked University of Kansas at number 19 in the country. Kickoff is at 12. It is at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. TCU is a minus seven with a 67 and a half point over under. I'm rocking with the Jayhawks. Got to ride the hot hand. They're ranked. Lance Leopold's going to keep it going. I'm going to go Kansas 42 to 28. Uh, 42, 31
1: actually. So I have to agree with you. Uh, we got we to got bet on Kansas. Uh, and I'm actually going to use your Tennessee score of 35 to 20, Kansas. Okay. Uh, in our last game, the Rattlesnake Memorial pick,
3: Houston at Memphis. Kickoff is at 730 on Friday. It's at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Memphis is a minus three with an over under 57. Kiernan, who are you rocking with?
1: if it's the rattlesnake snake memorial pick I think I have to honor rattlesnake uh, by going Houston and I'm going to go with Houston uh, 27 Memphis 21
3: Okay. i also like to just make clear Rattlesnake's is not dead by the way uh, we're just calling yeah. it this because Houston <laughs> is leaving the group of five and going to the big
1: 12 it so sounds that- a lot worse than it is <laughs>
3: Yes, I just want to be clear, we might keep it that way. The, it's the memorial of the pick, not rattlesnake.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. We probably should have clarified that at the beginning of the season.
3: I think we I feel we like did. it's a little I late. I think we said initially okay, that good. it was
1: because they're leaving the group okay, of five.
3: Good. But I felt like I should remind people in case yeah. anyone forgot or just started listening, like, of the last couple weeks. Just to be clear, Rattlesnake. Rattlesnake is not dead.
1: Rattlesnake, we regret to inform you that you have died. So,
3: Sorry, pal. I'm going to miss having you on the show. But Rattlesnake might kill me after this pick. I'm going to go with Memphis. Uh, Houston has struggled all year. Memphis, 35. Houston, 14. You're a monster. Feeling a big win for the Tigers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just got a feeling, Kieran. You got to you gotta bet with your heart, not with your brain.
1: Yes, because that's far too inaccurate.
3: Exactly. My brain has made some dumbass decisions. <laughs> so is my heart. So, I don't know. You're we 50-50. will. Yeah, 50-50. It depends on who I'm going to blame that day. Yeah. But we've been talking about Kansas all show. We're going to go into the AP poll. But first, I actually saw something that really kind of blew my mind. Uh, It's weekly appearance streaks in the top 25. For This is the top five. Number one, Alabama at 235 consecutive weeks. From Nick Saban's second year in 2008 to now, they have been ranked 235 weeks in a row. Uh, Georgia, 88 consecutive weeks, 2017 to 2022. Ohio State. 36 consecutive weeks, there is a little asterisk on that because it would have been much longer, I think the last time they were unranked was like 2004 but because the Big Ten were a bunch of pansies and cancelled their season, then uncanceled their season, mid-season uh, the AP poll did not include any Big Ten teams so they were technically not ranked uh, number four, Old Miss Old Miss at 21 consecutive weeks 2021 mm. to 2022 they have been ranked and then at number five, Michigan at 20 consecutive weeks. Same time frame. Ole Miss at that spot blew my mind. That is wild. I never thought about that. And, like, it makes sense because, A, there's a big gap between 36, should really be more, uh, in 21 and even 88 and 21. But still, uh, Ole Miss is a good program, so I don't know why. I just figured be, there would be more teams in between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Wanted to share it. But moving on to the AP poll now. Others receiving votes, as we always start. Washington State at 91, Baylor at 88, Florida State at 78, Arkansas at 76, James Madison at 39, Florida at 37, Maryland with 25, Coastal with 17, Minnesota with 14, Tulane with nine, Illinois with six. And UNC with 5 AM with four, Purdue, and Oklahoma both with
1: two. Any thoughts of the others receiving votes? Uh, well done, James Madison. Turns out you were right after all, Kevin. Thank you. Not enough, though. I, I need pure chaos. I need them ranked along with Kansas and Kansas State. And Cincinnati.
3: I don't care about Cincinnati. Oh,
1: come on. I, I don't care. I want...
3: I want UCF back in the top 25. (laughs) Also, rip Blake Bortles the boat. He announced his retirement the other day.
1: Wow. He did not last long. He played like eight years? Yeah, but he played sparingly for eight years. Yeah, but I mean, that's also double,
3: more than double the average NFL career. I suppose you're right, yeah. I guess it was just Uh, because he
1: was like a bigger name. That's 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 true
3: for the first couple of years, being the third overall pick playing for Jacksonville. And then I forgot he was on the Rams twice. Was he really? Yeah, he was on the Rams in 2019. Then he went to Denver. Then he went back to the Rams in 2020. That's nuts. He was on the Saints.
1: See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You don't know.
3: (laughs) What? Um. Oh, these are all, like, with the practice squad stuff. Like, he was signed to the practice squad, elevated for, like, a week, and then released. Why? Uh, Injuries. So, they'll, like, someone will get injured, they'll sign to the practice squad, elevate them, and then release them. Uh, Yeah, so, that was for the Saints. He was signed on November 4th, elevated November 6th, released November 15th. And then with the Saints, uh, he was signed on December 4th or December 24th was placed on the COVID list on January 6th and then signed a reserve contract January 12th and then waived on April 5th. So yeah, kind of like he was there for a cup of coffee, just like Cooper Cup's father, according to Troy Aikman. Anyway, back to the AP bowl, uh, 25 LSU, 24 Cincinnati, 23 Mississippi state, 22 Syracuse and 21 Washington. I don't hate this really.
1: Cincinnati, the dream is back on. You've got this.
3: If they make it, if they somehow make it, they can't. They 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 have one loss. They're not putting a group of five team in after Kevin, one loss.
1: Shut up. They're my team now.
3: <laughs> you already given up on Penn State. I declared it. Also, this is wild. So every team is linked on the AP polls website. Uh, they have a link to AP News with news stories about the team. Kansas isn't linked. That's how shocked they were that they even got here. They yes, don't is. have a link to other stories. Yeah, it is. I'm looking at it and it's not letting me. It's saying in it the Oh it, not. to me it is. That's weird. Uh okay, now it is. So when okay. I opened it last night, they weren't. Okay. So they added it. But uh 20 Kansas 19, 20 Kansas State, excuse me. How dare you? 19 Kansas. Yeah, how dare I compare the the great Jayhawks to that trash purple team. <laughs> Number 18, Usula transfer U. Number 17, TCU. Number 16, BYU. Uh, let's bump Kansas up. Come on. They're 5-0. They're better than BYU. Put them up there. Come on. Uh, that's my only thought. I don't really care about UCLA. They could, they could go undefeated if they're like at 22. Million. yeah, it makes sense. It is <laughs> UCLA.
1: Uh, do you have any thoughts, Kiernan? No, not really. I, I think, uh, apart from BYU and Kansas swapping places.
3: All right. Yeah. All right. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah, we are. we got yeah. it. Uh, number 15, wake forest, number 14, NC state, number 13, Kentucky, number 12, Oregon, number 11, Utah, uh no real issues with Kentucky. They dropped six spots. No issues with them being at 13. They did lose to a now top 10 team. Uh NC State I think should be lower. They barely squeaked out a win against ECU earlier in the year and then they lost to Clemson. It is Clemson, but with the ECU loss, I think they shouldn't be top 15. Yeah, that's fair. Uh next up, number 10 Penn State. Number nine, Ole Miss. Number eight, Tennessee. Number seven, Oklahoma State. And number six, USC. Uh, book it, guys. Penn State is beating Michigan in two weeks. I hate my life. <laughs> They're going to beat Michigan, move it to the top five, and then lose to Northwestern. I'm calling it now.
1: We just played Northwestern.
3: Who are you playing in, two, in three weeks?
1: Uh Maryland.
3: I, oh I no, I said yes, last week I said they were going to beat Northwestern and then beat Michigan and then lose to Minnesota.
1: Oh, That's Minnesota. What That's right. That's who it is.
3: That's what I said. Okay.
1: My bad. That's on me. There's a bunch of M's and N's in our division. Don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> Minnesota, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State. They have Northwestern, Nebraska, Nebraska Minnesota. Two who else? Too many Ns.
1: They're all just they're they're all just every single one. It's every single one except Penn State, right? Is a is a letter for yeah. their logo? Yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. Except maybe Indiana Hoosiers, but like it's IU IU. So like Indiana University. Right like so yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Ah, Close enough. Oh no, Iowa. Oh yeah, duh. Sorry, they're the, Iowa. They're the they're the hawk. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Iowa fans. Uh, they can't score. What are they going to do? <laughs> uh, uh, next up, our top five. Number five, Clemson. Number four, Michigan. Number three, Ohio State. Number two, Georgia. Number one, Alabama. Back in their rightful place atop the AP poll.
1: Did you not I, just miss Old Miss, Tennessee, at Oklahoma State, nine through five? Or did you say that and I missed it entirely? I said that and you missed it entirely. Okay, fair enough.
3: But yes, it's... 10, Penn State, 9, Ole Miss, 8, Tennessee, 7, Oklahoma State, 6, USC, 5, Clemson, 4, Michigan, 3, Ohio State, 2, Georgia, and 1, Alabama. Georgia got more first-place votes than Alabama, but Alabama had more points, so they're number one, which is kind of weird.
1: Is this this the popular vote versus the electoral one? (laughs) Yes. That's what this is.
3: Yes, exactly. Uh. But... I mean, I can see a case for Ohio State. Like One one and three, I see the argument that they should be number one. Two, I think, should be two. Two or three at this point. Yeah. So I, I feel like, except for Georgia at one right now, before any Georgia fans start barking at me on the streets, uh, right now you can't make the argument for them being number one. Ohio State and Alabama, you still can't. And it it could just be a dominant win that gets Georgia back in that number one conversation or spot. These early season polls do not fucking matter. Georgia other fans also need to realize that, by the way. On October 5th, it doesn't matter if you're one or two.
1: It starts to matter more. CFE comes out?
3: Not even. All that matters is if you're one, two, three, or four. In, like, December when they do the final picks. That's all that matters. That's true. Uh, also, once CFP comes out, remember, we're doing the Tailgate Top 25, where if you beat a team, you get their spot. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a stupid thing that's I'm going to do a lot of work for and make graphics for,
1: but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be so much fun.
3: Yeah, so, but there's your AP poll. Uh, we're going to cut away from college football really quickly to talk about Aaron Judge because fucking ESPN has been doing it for the past two weeks. The oh long God. national nightmare is over. He finally, after a long, long time, is ta- is in sole possession of seventh place on the all time to- or on the single season home run list. Why did we care this much?
1: I, I, I don't know.
3: I get it's the, oh, it's the American League record. Oh, well, they really mean the non stereotypical Baseball, you fucking profited off these guys. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa arguably saved your sport. It was the it has never been more popular than it was those years. Summer of 98 when McGuire and Sosa were going at it, more people watched baseball than probably the fucking MASH
4: finale. Every week.
3: let the steroid guys in, stop cutting into my college football games to let me see a guy walk while he's trying to get into seventh place on the all-time home or on the single season home run list.
1: How funny would it have been? Sorry, I'm going to interject really quickly. How funny would it have been if for the next, actually for every single bat that, that judge got up for, he was intentionally walked I mean, every single one. And ESPN just cuts to him walking the bases would be the most ironic, funny thing I think I might have ever seen.
3: A lot of people also were like, oh, this is cowardly. Why are they walking him? He's trying to chase history. Barry Bonds walked like fucking 300 times in 2004 or like 232 times. It's absurd. And like this isn't new, guys. Just because Aaron Judge is, oh, he's not doing it on steroids. Yeah, he's doing it on the fucking... Also, Roger Maris-Jeter, I'm so happy i never have to see another tweet of his. Why? He's so fucking annoying. Because his dad hit 61 bombs in 1961. And he's so now he's like, well, all those other records didn't matter. Clean records matter. When if Raphael Devers or Juan Soto... Or someone else was hitting 60, was chasing. You go, well, the record was broken in 98 when Sammy Sosa hit 63. So it doesn't really fucking matter. But no, because the Yankees player, he's going to start sucking his dick and freaking out that Aaron Judge clean records matter. No one gives a fuck, Roger Maris Jr. You are only noteworthy because your dad, I'm I'm not going to say what I wanted to say, because your mom gave birth to you and you're your dad's son. Otherwise, nobody would give a fuck who you were. If your dad was an accountant, nobody would know who Roger Maris Jr. was. Nobody cares about you.
4: Nobody
1: cares about your opinion. And that was Hot Take R Us by Kevin.
3: <laughs> oh, geez, fuck. I was so pissed. I was just trying to watch <laughs> old Miss S. Kentucky. I don't need to see Aaron Judge look at ball four and trot to first base.
1: It's Jesus so- Christ. Oh boy. All right. Anyway. You know what?
3: We're going to talk about this later. I have another rant. Yes, let's do it. Stop celebrating when kids get injured. Yeah. Oh my god. And I I saw so many tweets. The barstool Arkansas account Tweeted, I'm going through all my tweets because I tweet a ridiculous amount right now. But to find some of it, but it's like he t- they tweeted, Oh, there it is. I take pride in knowing we're the team who injured Bryce Young. Some other dude, Mason, who ended up blocking me for calling him out. Uh, I'm glad Bryce Young is hurt. What's wrong with you? And and people are now complaining about the Alabama official football account putting a picture on their weekly game-win graphic of the offensive or the defensive line celebrating while KJ Jefferson is injured on the field. First off, they didn't announce he was injured until after the fact. And also, he went back in the game after that. And now they're saying he's concussed. So that's on Sam Pittman for putting a deal with a concussion in. But Alabama has done this before, too. I'm not saying we are not to blame. Every fan base has done this where a big-name player who's beating the shit out of you gets hurt, and you're like, yes, good. Stop it. These are fucking kids. And I know they're 18 to 22. So when when I'm thinking about their rights and them getting money, I'm, they're not kids to me. But, like, in essence, these are not professional athletes. These are students getting an education. If you want to argue how good that education is, that's fine. That's a perfectly acceptable argument to get into. However, that's not give you the right to be fucking happy that this kid separated his shoulder or got a concussion or tore ACL. Stop celebrating. And even if they're a professional athlete, who gives a shit, they are playing a game. Why are you taking it so seriously that you're happy to see someone get hurt? How would you like it if someone went to your fucking a cubicle at work, hit your knee with a billy club, tore your ACL, and then celebrated?
1: It's a good point, Kevin. It's I, I, fucking I disgusting. Say, I have to say, although i am not i am not saying i did i i'm proud of this but i did celebrate when um uh, uh not bryce young or anything like that it was a it was a formula 1 event a few weeks ago when somebody spun off uh into the barriers and they were fine because the 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 car is meant or is able to take that impact with almost at, no damage to the driver but I was—I <laughs> have to say—I am not inter- necessarily proud of this, but I was happy to see him go off. <laughs> but there were internal thoughts. I go, "That's that's good." <laughs> see, but
3: also I think that's fine because the driver walked away fine. It was the car that was damaged. Yeah, that's like a guy mess like his cleat ripping apart, and he doesn't have any more, so he can't play anymore. It's unlikely yeah. in football. Yeah, but yeah, I know, what like, you mean. oh, thank in God comparison he's not playing.
1: Is the same. Yeah. Yeah. But, he's out for a play on defense, you're like, finally, that receiver can get open, and then there's a 30-yard bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he gets
3: tired and needs a break or something, or like, or you're a DN who's been dominating you all day, returns a 100-yard kick. and needs, like, three quarters to recuperate. You're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, thank he God. He probably did. <laughs> thank God he needs that oxygen. We could finally do something on offense. Uh, but, but also, if that driver, like, let's say he spun out, crashed, and you're like, oh, thank God he's off. And then it came out, like, then the ambulance came out you would then feel bad for oh yeah
1: it. absolutely
3: it's ridiculous and that also after getting called out and blocking me that that dude's just a coward he's gonna tweet up a store about how happy he is and then if someone called him to it whose face like if bryce Day said what the fuck's wrong you like i'm sorry sir please yeah. don't hit me <laughs> what was the last thing i tweeted that got him to block me i'm very curious about this now i do not remember uh a lot of tweets complaining about Roger Maris. Uh, what was the last thing I said? Uh, oh, he said someone's someone else replied. He said that their boyfriend would probably rather suck a dick than like hook up with her and some weird shit. So I said, totally normal behavior over. Checks notes. Being called out for saying you're happy a kid got hurt while playing a game. So he blocked me to that. And then he also brought up Alabama losing to Georgia. And I said, To this day, still think it's weird flexing another team's success talk shit. But I guess it's to be expected when you haven't won a natty since the Voting Rights Act. So, Arkansas, you deserved all of this
1: and more. I'm glad that you got
3: dominated. I feel bad for KJ Jefferson. I hope he's okay.
1: And on that lovely end note.
3: (laughs) Well, we still have question time, and we have to plug our sponsor because I did not do that yet. Uh supposed to do it for Dog of the Week, but only joking. This episode is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com. Promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. They have some great sunglasses. I love them. I buy them all the time. I probably should go do my monthly check later to see if they've dropped anything new. But, Kieran, I have a question for you that I asked on Twitter, and I got a lot of responses. It's also a poll on the tailgate on the quad Twitter, so go follow at quad tailgate and vote in that so we can hear your thoughts. Would you rather date someone who doesn't care about college football whatsoever, or is a fan of your biggest rival. So this comes with all of the shit talking if they win.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I 100% factor that into, into the equation. And I would f- much, much rather date someone who doesn't give a flying fuck about this. Cause, because I just, just think, right. If like, let's say, It's a totally even rivalry. It's a one-for-one rivalry. You take it one year, they take it the next, right? I don't think I could live that next year after my team lost with all of the shit that they would bring up. Everything would be about it. And while it would be fun debating and arguing and this, that, and the other thing, and, oh, this call was BS and, oh, that call – went for you and oh they're biased to this and i while that would be great and fun i'm I can only imagine it would get incredibly tiring i felt i feel like if you date the person who doesn't give a shit about the cfb they're just gonna be like all right Kieran, you just have your alone time and i will come back in an hour and see how you are then because i would argue that that's a far better way to deal with this that's
3: fair. Also, I think for me, it's more like Alabama's so dominant, I wouldn't have to deal with that as much. Like, right? But
1: you have. To but take then they it, would bring it up all to, the time too. You have to take it into perspective of the rest of us, Kevin.
3: Yes. Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, yeah. I. Plus, also, there were some good arguments on both sides from my Twitter. Uh, zero interest is worse. Like, they'll want to do shit on Saturdays and make you do stuff. So. because they're not going to think college is a big deal. So you're be like, no, we're doing this. It's stupid. It's a game. Uh, your weddings and stuff, apple picking, blah, blah, blah. But then someone did bring up a very good point dating someone who doesn't care, uh, because they said their husband didn't care about football when they got married and now he loves Alabama football. So I think so if she was the fan, yes. Oh, I think if. If they're never going to care and they're always going to think it's stupid, then I would rather just date my biggest rivals fan. I don't think I would be dating very long because yeah. I would just shit on their team all the time. But if there's the – if they understand that I care about it a lot, then I would rather date someone who doesn't give a shit about college football.
1: Yeah, and I, I think uh, that's – I feel like that's too much of a caveat. I think you just got to take it at that's face true. value. That's true. Either, either or. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I totally understand where they're coming from because that's the exact same way. And I, I can't believe I'm going to bring up F1 twice in a podcast, but my girlfriend didn't give a flying fuck about F1 uh, prior to her watching it with me. And I would get up at the crack of dawn to watch it uh, when it was on at like, you know, 6 AM, 7 AM in, in, in Europe or Saudi Arabia or whatever. And she'd be like, oh, my God, it's just European NASCAR. And I would just go, it so fucking isn't. And then I sat her down. We watched the Drive to Survive series, and we loved it.
3: Fair. I, I think if I have to get face value, I would – I think I would go with someone who doesn't care. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, like, I have YouTube TV on my phone. So if they're like, hey, we got to do this thing, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be looking at my phone and checking the score updates. Yeah. That, uh, that's what I do. Yeah, so I, I think doesn't care. I think that's a that's a way to go through life with the most minimal amount of arguing that you can. Yeah, yeah. Plus, also, have...
1: they... yeah. Go on.
3: If they cared about college football, they might celebrate when Bryce Young got hurt, and then I would lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be the bad guy, yeah. like they are
1: celebrating a child getting hurt. <laughs> child. <laughs> grown men they're, they're celebrating a goddamn of dollars they're, they're celebrating millions of dollars and a separated shoulder is not that hard to fix they're
3: celebrating a toddler <laughs> scrambling
1: their braids, and <laughs> i'm know, just supposed to be okay with that it sounds like you're barbecuing a kitten no they're not the same things
3: i mean like they kind of are they aren't <laughs> I'm sorry, Kieran, that I care about this country's youths more.
1: Oh yeah, like I'm the best. Children <laughs> are
3: our future, Kieran, and we must protect them at all costs and Playing not one celebrate. Of the most violent sports known to man. I'm pretty sure there's probably more violent. Oh, the most dangerous game, hunting man. That's the most violent sport known to man. Okay, fine. I really wouldn't put that up there, but sure. <laughs> Oh, you think hunting other humans for sport is less violent than football? I don't think it's a sport. Uh, Rich people do. Rich people are assholes. If you tell me that Elon Musk has definitely never at least (laughs) considered hiring someone off the street saying, here's $10 million. If you can evade me for a week, you get to keep it and
1: go. But if I find you, I get to shoot you. Isn't ju- isn't this just the amazing race without cameras? I don't think they can kill people in the amazing race. I don't think you can shoot your opposition. Uh look, I'm not saying they shoot them. I'm saying that they catch them.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I've never
1: watched The Amazing. Yeah, race. neither have I. I have no idea what it's about actually. Here's a new game show idea. What? The most dangerous game. What you're what you're what you are saying, Kevin, is The Hunger Games and we need to draft people from each <laughs> section of the country. Uh
3: Most de- new new idea, Kieran. Most dangerous game, but with paintball guns.
1: All right, yeah. Just shot in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun. I think you'd get a lot of people to watch. But also, we don't tell. Like, we tell the contestants and their families always, like, hey, it's paintballs, so it's not a big deal. But we don't tell the viewers
1: because I think that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, here, take this AK forty seven and just go hunt somebody down.
3: Well, no, like, the contestants know, the viewers don't, and then the government yeah. comes to, like, hey, you can't just, like, no, He he's alive, like, pull him off, like, he's fine.
1: Yeah. It's all filled uh, with red dye.
3: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly.
3: Um. So, yeah, that, this took off, this went off the rails very quickly. It We're did, talking yeah. about hunting man for sport in Roger Maris Jr., and I'm screaming. Average,
1: average episode. Yeah. Usually, your, your usually when Friendly neighborhood football podcast, you know? Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, also, Lou Holtz is a communist. There we go. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's a regular. Now it's a good old episode. I would mention Brian Kelly killed a kid, but uh, that's in our intro now, so we don't have to bring yeah. it up. It's it's in every episode. Probably not because I I think it's gonna suck if we actually get sued for saying that at one point because they can just listen to the intro now instead of listen to the whole episode. Yeah, that's a good point. You gotta gotta get them to listen to those ads too it's where the money is exactly so yeah so that's the episode uh be sure to follow us at quad tailgate on both twitter and instagram follow kiernan at kiernan underscore o follow me at belly up kev and be sure to get in your run your pool picks uh you can make those picks usually on tuesday once the spreads come out uh don't forget to get those in because i did and then i dropped from fifth to like 30th so not good not good well have a good night see you morning day because actually i released this in the morning and we were playing the so they wanted a stable presence a guy without a lot of scandals so they hired someone who killed steve right? yeah and the lsu way just gonna put that out there just so uh
1: we don't get sued yeah i yeah well well thank you for that i'm not sure whether i should be offended or taken as a compliment but but you know <clears throat> go on put them both in a jousting tournament
3: it, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you
1: sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.